0: Welcome to Fill to Flourish with Luke and Lauren,
1: where emotional health takes a stage and your story matters. Hello, everybody. We are finally back and ready yes. to record.
0: welcome back.
1: We have missed being back and making uh, some episodes. But we have a good excuse. We
0: really do. It's been a wild month.
1: It, yeah. So we were in quarantine for two weeks in Bangkok as we made it back over here into Thailand. And we were uh, made it through the quarantine. And you guys got to hear a couple episodes of our, with our interview with our friend. And I yeah. hope you enjoyed those.
0: Yeah, those have been really, really popular. I think people really resonate with uh, the topic
1: of spiritual abuse. Yeah, it seems that way. Um, But when we got home, we were hoping to take a few days to settle in. (laughs) And when we got home, we realized that our entire house was covered in mold. Mm -hmm. Every surface had to be wiped and cleaned. Every item of clothing had to be washed. And we don't have a dryer, so it has to be hung out back. (laughs) And every dish, everything had to be washed and cleaned.
0: And then anything that couldn't be needed to be thrown out. So we threw out about 20 garbage bags full of our
1: things. Which was really sad.
0: Which was really sad and hard and frustrating. And we've been doing that for the last two weeks straight, yep.
1: literally. Because everything also had to be set out in the sun and rotated.
0: Yeah, because sun, FYI, sun, um, ultraviolet rays from the sun can kill mold within an hour or two. So we use the sun as a free antimicrobial mold killing agent a lot.
1: Yeah. So that's why we've been gone for a little bit. It's taken us about two, about a week and a half almost two weeks two weeks to uh get our house clean and almost unpacked yeah I guess so yeah we are back and we are ready to do an episode on mental health and marriage yeah we are and if my wife sounds a little distracted it's because she's painting her nails for her <laughs> a date with her friends tonight as she had a birthday just a couple of days ago. Yeah,
0: this is my birthday weekend and I am going out tonight with some friends I haven't seen in a year. I'm super excited, but I decided I haven't painted my nails in a year. Um, I decided to paint them. So I'm just painting them while we're chatting because this is, this is kind of a topic we could talk about in our sleep almost <laughs> or while we're painting our nails.
1: That's right. Or so, your nails. We don't really, I don't really paint my nails No,
0: just mine Yeah. for today. <laughs>
1: So mental health and marriage, it's a, a big topic mm-hmm. and we can't cover every situation, every topic, every
0: diagnosis, diagnosis
1: um, in this episode, nor can we because I'm not an expert on every diagnosis yeah. and symptom of mental health. So yeah. what we're going to do is kind of talk about our experience and how our experience has affected our marriage, uh, some of the things that we have face some of the things that mm-hmm. we've learned some of the things that we've done to help our marriage yep so hopefully that's h- helpful for you guys that's what we do we use our experience and try to yes. use that to bring information to you guys to encourage you to look at your story and how it's a- affecting your relationships but also bring some normalcy and bring take away some of the ness Mm -hmm. of mental health Mm -hmm.
0: of of mental illness really i think uh it mental illness is kind of a loaded word you know like schizophrenia or what is mental illness and i think it's important to know as we're talking about mental health is like everyone has mental health right and the continuum is very, very poor on one end to very robust, strong, healthy mental health. But regardless of whether or not you have a specific diagnosis that would be classified as mental illness, you have mental health that needs to be
1: um, nurtured and
0: cared for. um, And that impacts everything you do. So we'll be talking about mental health in a general category, but we're also gonna talk about some specifics, some specific diagnoses within The mental illness uh, world that are more on the common end of things
1: correct and so today we are going to chat specifically about some of the symptoms I have Mm -hmm. Um, not all of them are diagnoses but they are kind of a lot of characteristics and symptoms of these yeah
0: that would fit under the categories
1: yeah that I've noticed that I've struggled throughout my entire life but really didn't have a language for it until late 20s early 30s Yep. so just a few years ago actually it was just when I it was since I've been in Thailand
0: is I think when you got more clarity but yeah. yeah grad school definitely helped get you closer to that point
1: right so specifically we're going to talk about with our marriages uh, how my ADHD
0: mm-hmm.
1: anxiety and depression have affected our marriage. Yes. Uh, growing up, especially as a teenager, I remember having a lot of depression, but not knowing that. I can only identify that looking back, because mm-hmm. there was a lot of roller coaster of emotions, of lots of highs and lows, and the lows were really low. Yeah. Um, lots of even suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and also the anxiety that I wouldn't have, again, not said it was anxiety, but cause I didn't know what anxiety was back then. Right. But having a general anxiety, a social anxiety, social anxiety kind of came out really strong, especially in school. Mm-hmm. School was really hard. I had a lot of insecurities. Um, some of them caused by ADHD that I didn't know I had ADHD so that this insecurity of not being intelligent yes um, not being capable uh, but also some of just I was, I was short and um, got picked on a lot for that which I think affected my mental health hmm wasn't a wasn't a diagnosis but it definitely affected my mental health and caused a lot of social anxiety
0: and the lack of uh, foundation at home, because there was a lot going on at home, didn't give you a firm foundation Correct. to be able to handle all those pressures in school.
1: Right. Looking back, if you've heard our episode about making space for your spouse's story, uh, I talk about a my addiction and so that all created the environment also for my addictions Mm -hmm. to help regulate the anxiety, the depression, and the ADHD. So that was all there in the background growing up as a teenager and not having the tools to regulate myself or the language to know what I was even dealing with. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I had a lot of suicidal thoughts just not knowing how to handle it and not wanting to deal with the depression the anxiety um,
0: all those hard feelings that as a kid were just very overwhelming very
1: overwhelming and didn't know how to control them and didn't know when they were going to spike Mm. but made it through white knuckled my way through teenage years yeah Um, had a really good girlfriend that helped regulate me
0: she was amazing. She was.
1: <laughs> That's my wife, if anybody's curious. She
0: was the best. <laughs> I am curious if other people knew how much you were
1: struggling. No, n- nobody really knew because I put on a good face at church around mm-hmm. friends and I didn't have a language for it. Uh, and I didn't really have anybody to talk to or know what even to talk about. Yeah. Or even to share, because there was no language for those. For what was happening to me? What I was experiencing?
0: Do you feel like? How do you feel like shame impacted you in that time, and your you not reaching out? Like how was shame involved?
1: I don't think shame was involved with anxiety and depression symptoms. I really just didn't know what I was feeling. I just rode this roller coaster. I guess with anxiety, the shame was, I wish I could perform better. Yeah. Like at church I was comfortable and I was the class clown and funny. Yeah. But at school, because there was so much anxiety, I would just freeze and isolate. And it was very lonely. So shame would come there and wishing that I could be more popular and more of myself. Yeah. So some self-loathing would happen there.
0: I'm imagining that you just didn't like see there be acceptance of it's okay to not be okay. Right. And so you like, you know, you didn't feel okay, but there wasn't really space to tell people that because you were supposed to have it together and and be fine.
1: Yeah, I guess so Uh, for sure. And it was so unpredictable. I, I, because I didn't have a language for it, it was very confusing because mm. I would be fine and have friends in one situation then all of a sudden be depressed or be anxious in other situations yeah. and I didn't know what was causing it. Um, so it felt very out of control.
0: Yeah. That's super scary for a, a, anyone to f- to experience, let, let alone a kid.
1: Yeah. So jumping ahead to being married,
0: mm-hmm. we definitely didn't know any of this going into marriage, zero, nothing about trauma, nothing about ADHD, depression, anxiety, addiction. We were clueless.
1: So entering in marriage, we thought addiction would go away. Yep, Cause not, we didn't know it was addiction. Right. And not understanding that the addiction was a regulation tool to help with my depression, and anxiety. Yep, exactly. <laughs> So it was, it was hard. It was hard. I remember there was a lot of times one with, for depression, let's let's talk about depression for a minute. It was unpredictable for you. Mm -hmm. It made you feel very unstable, insecure, because you didn't know when I was going to enter, when that cloud was going to come over me and I was Mm going to shut down. Yeah. And you didn't. You didn't know for how long. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have the insight to see when I went into it. I and mean, when I came out, you would say like, what's going on? Like, where'd yeah. you, where'd you go? You're,
0: you're different. Mm-hmm. Like something's not, you're not okay. Right. And yeah. It took you many years to, to even recognize it.
1: That, that wasn't my normal. Yeah. But there was a difference. I think as I started addressing my story. I started understanding there was a normal Luke mm-hmm. that still struggled, but still functioned fairly well.
0: Yeah.
1: And then there was this other season where I would go into a dark cloud, yep. um, isolate more, become more emotionally distant, less motivated. Mm-hmm more hypo
0: very hypo yeah
1: and this could go for months yeah times depending on how much stress is going on mm-hmm. what's going on with my life mm-hmm. um, and then the anxiety would get worse also mm-hmm. yeah because I'm hypo um, have a very hopeless perspective and that made every social interaction that was uncomfortable that much more overwhelming
0: yeah and you didn't have like the the energy the oomph to even fake it
1: right so like
0: your normal skills as being an introvert i think introverts through life they learn how to like fake it in social settings that they're not really feeling yeah you when you're depressed you, you have nothing your emotional bandwidth is so low and I saw that a lot like I just can't even just times where we'd like go out to dinner with someone or have someone over or and I was just mortified honestly like they must think my husband is a freaking (laughs) bump on the lot like they must think he's just smoking weed every day sitting over there in the corner with his eyes glazed over and I just saw it purely from a very much just a um, functional perspective like is right. this working or is this not working yeah. not realizing you were drowning yeah. over there
1: yep and there's how many times would i come home from work and you're like oh we're, we're gonna go out to dinner with this person <laughs> or this person's coming over and like my face would just go flat and, like and i'd be so angry like yeah. what are you doing yeah not understanding that
0: you just made it through your day by the uh um, skin, skin of your teeth and you couldn't do that
1: right and it was not what i was prepared for not what i was ready for yeah i didn't feel like i had the capacity yeah whether it was depression or anxiety yeah and it, it caused a lot of fights with us it did because you're this extrovert that high functioning let's go see people yeah and you just
0: thrive off of that social energy and that social energy especially when you're in a hard place destroyed you so yeah. it's like knowing again knowing yourself and knowing your spouse is so important because we were we are so different in that yeah and what i longed for to to energize me was the thing especially in those seasons that depleted you like to bare bones mm-hmm. and me not knowing understanding that about you and having this verbiage met i just pushed you harder yeah. and harder and i just put that judgmental eye over you of like this is how you need to perform. Right. You're underperforming.
1: And I think that's where shame maybe played a part. Yeah. Because I felt like I was, something was wrong with me and yeah. I needed to buck up yeah. and, and push through.
0: Yeah. Because that was definitely this, the message I gave. This subway. wasn't,
1: this isn't okay to not function this way. Yeah. So therefore you need to, the normal thing would be to engage and enjoy relationships. Yeah. So why can't you? Yeah. And so that, I think shame came in there.
0: Yeah.
1: There's anxiety having that language, Mm -hmm. which came about really the acceptance of it came about four years ago. I remember it was like October, Mm -hmm. there was a switch that went off Mm -hmm. and I felt really, really dark and it was very hard to motivate myself, just very hypo, very numb. And then like six months later, it was almost like overnight. I remember waking up and like, I feel different. Wow. Why do I feel different? So I started reflecting on the last six months and just started realizing that there was something different. That the only word that came to me was like, depressed I was felt depressed. Mm-hmm. actually I think it was like even dark cloud mm-hmm. I was like lifted and I'm like I've heard that like depression described that way and I remember coming to you and say, last couple of months've been really hard I've noticed that, and we've had conversations and you're like, yeah and I said I feel like that dark cloud has lifted. And you're like, really?" And I just share like, do you think I struggle with depression?" And we started talking about it and just looking at like my teenage years and the our mm-hmm. beginning of our marriage, mm-hmm. there was definitely a lot of symptoms. Yeah. And I don't have a diagnosis of like depression. And the only reason why I haven't pursued that is one, I haven't felt like I needed medicine.
0: Yeah.
1: It's been able it hasn't gotten too bad where I felt like I needed the medicine to help me through the days.
0: And actually, just to add to that point, you've noticed um, amazing stability and improvement as you've worked on your story and your trauma and emotional regulation, right. which isn't always the case for everyone. Right. And that doesn't always happen. Some people do that and they find great healing. and. Um, you know, they have a great emotional health, but they still have a biochemical, right. persistent depression. But but for you, you've just seen amazing.
1: And I felt like language took some of the power away from it. Mm-hmm. As I started going into this hole, give, having, letting you into that, for me, my experience has helped some of those symptoms also working on my story. And it was kind of the same thing with anxiety as we saw, So we talked about depression. We started that conversation started leading to like, what about anxiety? Mm-hmm. And using that language and having that conversation was like, oh my goodness, there's definitely a lot of the symptoms. Yeah.
0: It fits the picture. The
1: picture of of the struggle. And for both of those, having that language of I'm feeling depressed or having the dark cloud or I'm feeling anxious hasn't stopped me from feeling those things. But it's helped me know what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. So it helped me learn new tools. Has invited you into that battle. Also has led me to my story. And that's helped. But towards Last couple of years, as ADHD has come into the picture, mm-hmm. and I have gotten that diagnosis, and I am taking medicine for ADHD, that has also helped a lot of those symptoms. Yeah. Um, especially the anxiety. Yeah. There's still, I feel a lot of social anxiety. I feel mm-hmm. very overwhelmed. But having Ritalin has helped a lot of the anxiety. Of the racing thoughts yeah of the feeling my skin is crawling my brain won't stop racing um, and just being so overwhelmed by all the sensory intake that was a lot of the anxiety causing things it was just being so sensory overload when mm-hmm. I'm out in, in public um, yes there's that social aspect of it too but the Ritalin has really helped with a lot of those experiences
0: yeah which i think is such a good point for people to understand is mental health issues tend to web together uh, and it's hard to kind of separate separate apart like what's what and so a lot of times um Like, we had no idea Luke's ADHD was connected to anxiety. Like, we didn't even know that. But then when he started treating it, his anxiety, he
1: just felt such a more calm. Yeah. Both anxiety and depression were like, wait, those are like kind of not going away, but like very much
0: managed. Managed. Yeah. And even anxiety and depression, we've always heard those together and they're often medicated together. But knowing, like, oh, anxiety actually leads. depression and sometimes depression leads to higher anxiety like Mm -hmm. they're intricately connected so many of these things right and that's just a helpful piece to add it complicates treating and addressing things but it also is helpful to know um, how the that complex interwebbing can be so that you can have insight into why you know if if you see a depression season coming and um you've had to you've had high levels of anxiety for months leading up to that because yeah. of crisis a b and c and then you drop into that depression most likely neurochemically those are connected right.
1: and that's just yeah important to reflect on mm-hmm. and take that use that information to inform your choices mm-hmm. and how is this Affected our marriage. Yeah, I think with understanding ADHD anxiety together,
0: mm-hmm.
1: our dates are a lot more enjoyable.
0: They are, yeah.
1: <laughs> but on our dates, I like to watch sports. So on our dates, especially in America, a lot of the restaurants would have TVs on or sports games on.
0: If there's a ball moving, Luke's eyes are on that ball.
1: <laughs> That's true, <laughs> but also. If there's anything moving <laughs>
0: that's true, not just the ball.
1: My eyes are like jumping all over the place and distracted. Yeah. So you used to not let me sit Yeah. with my face, sure did seeing not. a TV. <laughs> You're just like, this TV is more interesting to you than me. Right. And I'm like, no, it's not. I just can't stop looking at it. Like it just mm-hmm. catches my eye mm-hmm. and understanding ADHD, yeah. you realize also, okay. Yes, you like to watch sports, but maybe there's more to it than just that.
0: You really can't help yourself to a degree.
1: (laughs) To a degree, right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think something to add there, when you don't have diagnoses and your spouse points out these things, or just even a working understanding of what, what it is that you're dealing with, I think a lot of defensiveness can come because it becomes this, like, I used to see these things in you that I didn't see in myself and right. we always use ourselves as our normative experience. Yeah. So I would see you do one thing and leave the cupboard open and never return to it and go to the next thing and leave that half done. And I, I yeah. just, I couldn't understand how your brain worked. And so I would point it out or I would tease you yeah. teasing felt a little more safe. To me, like, he won't get mad if I do it playfully. But all of that, for a person who doesn't just understand and see how their brain works as an objective thing, Mm -hmm. it's going to be hurtful. It's going to be more likely to be hurtful. So there was a lot of defensiveness as I pointed these things out because you didn't want to not be okay.
1: Right. I didn't Mm want to fail you and feel like a failure in our marriage. Yes. I was striving to help you. Right. To to support you be
0: to be there emotionally to be on top of things all those things and so it's almost easier for you without having that language to deny what I saw right Than to examine and analyze what was really before you absolutely and now that you understand so- yourself there's so much freedom to just be like, "Oh my gosh, I totally forgot that." Yeah. I'm so sorry, and it doesn't; it's not offensive to you.
1: Right? And ADHD isn't an excuse. Like, I may blame it like, "Oh, that's my ADHD," and I don't use it as an excuse, but it's like helps me helps us to remember yes. that there is a something else in, at play.
0: It's an explanation. But explanation for sure.
1: And I mean, you would ask me. Can I go shopping? Can you do some of these chores? <laughs> like, absolutely. And I would like get one thing done, get distracted, and all of a sudden you come home and then none of the chores are done. You're like, "What? why didn't you do any yeah. this? I'm like, oh my gosh, I completely forgot. Like, how did you forget? Yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't know, but I really did. Or
0: you would beat yourself up so much, forcing yourself to remember. And then you'd be a jerk to the kids yeah. and you'd be all anxious and aggravated when I got home it's like well gosh if if that's what it's gonna take forget it I'd rather have a messy house and yeah. a happy husband but it was because you didn't you didn't hadn't learned those hacks yet on yep. how to make it work for you yep. and the way your brain remembered things Exactly. Um, but even just the depression anxiety like before we had the language, I think it caused so much more hurt Yeah. as we tried to, it was almost like we were both in a dark room, fumbling around, trying to feel what was in the room, what was there, pointing it out to each other. And it just was, we missed each other all, all the time. The time. No. And it created, I mean, I think you felt like I didn't fully accept you. Would you say? Absolutely. And that I, that I saw, like I, like you weren't, what, what did you feel? So I, I shouldn't just say, no. you tell me what you felt before you understood Like Um, in regards to what, how I saw you.
1: I guess the best way to just be like, not good enough. Just my best isn't going to meet your expectations. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was hard. Like, as I'm talking about it, I'm just, I'm feeling even recognizing a lot of stuff going on inside of me as we talk about it. Yeah. Just see that in your face. Feeling. Shame, feeling hurt, feeling sadness.
0: Yeah.
1: I did not expect to feel all of this, but just sad. Just knowing what language has brought me of freedom, not freedom from the symptoms, but just kind of know what I'm uh, dealing with. So therefore I can learn some tools and it was hard, like, it wasn't like I woke up and said, oh, I'm de- I have depression, anxiety. This is so good to hear. Was like, <laughs> there was some relief That's of language that wasn't Super easy. Super scary
0: to, to know those things.
1: Yeah, because there was like, I remember after when I first recognized it as depression, it, there was a lot of anxiety, like, when's the next time yeah. this cloud is coming?
0: Yeah, like impending doom. Yeah,
1: so I was just constantly, like, I like, would feel I had a bad day. I'm like, oh, oh shoot, is this another, is this... Is it another one? Is yeah. it coming? It was good in one sense, cause we started having conversations of if you feel this way, how can you help me? Yeah. How can you support me? Um, not being afraid of it. Like in the midst of them, of these, when they did, when those seasons came, yeah. just reminding like, this isn't going to be forever. Yes. This isn't going to be forever. I know this feels like your existence, but yeah. this will stop mm-hmm. and. Slowly, I started accepting it. Slowly, it became part of our, our language and a, regular conversations. And same with anxiety. It was like, I don't want to have anxiety. Like, only those people have anxiety. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. it, then it was slowly like the language helped my experience. It was, oh, I'm feeling anxious this is something i can do when i'm anxious Mm -hmm. oh i'm gonna in this situation i'm gonna feel anxious what can i do to prepare myself yeah or i'm feeling all these things it's only anxiety it's okay
0: yes it's not this secret mysterious thing that comes into our house and paralyzes us yeah it gave it such a form and a like if you can, a lot of different like types of counseling, they'll say if you can contain it, then you can you can approach it and it was, handle it, it. It
1: externalized it. Yes. And so, okay, now we're working against anxiety. It's not my skin crawling and this feeling and this tension, in my stomach and all these the body tightness. It's, oh, it's anxiety. Okay, let's work on tools to work against this mm-hmm. to deal with these this part of our life. And same with adhd the reason i recognize it is because my boys were getting diagnosed with adhd yeah. and it was like oh i have all of those symptoms
0: which is such a common we hear this over and over and over people getting diagnosed because their children are struggling and mental health is so much better now
1: so many people getting diagnosed with adhd as adults now. yeah
0: and it just they were missed because we've made so much progress in the last several decades yeah. and parents are more aware now yeah.
1: And it was scary to like, okay, my kids have ADHD. What does that mean? I know kids, as a, when I was a kid, had ADHD. And it was like, it was scary. Some of them were over-medicated. Yeah. And it was like, I remember them. They were very robotic. I'm like, yeah. I don't want that for my son. And so it was like that risk of jumping into it. But then seeing it help them. Mm-hmm. And seeing those symptoms in me, I was like, let's explore this. Yeah. But then it was like, Oh, I've managed it until I got a through, master's I just, degree. I got through grad school. <laughs> I don't need this, but do I have to white knuckle it? Like what if this helps me succeed yeah. and become more of my what I what I've been capable of? Maybe I can reach more of my capacity. It took a while of me wrestling that I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. So I should take some medicine and when I took the medicine, I realized it was really helpful for me. Yes, and it unpacked a new um, a set of abilities to focus.
0: It sure did.
1: In a conversation that went more than thirty seconds <laughs> to uh, to work on like notes and work for more than <laughs> a minute and a half, uh, <laughs> it was just so many things and like. I started researching things for more than 45 seconds. I could actually focus and understand what I'm reading and conceptualize it. Yeah. Even after I was done reading.
0: Yeah. Which you did all those things. It It just required so so much more effort.
1: Like I remember in grad school reading paragraphs like five, six, seven times.
0: And you read so many, many, many books. Yeah. I just always think
1: like, why can't I, why, why doesn't this sink in? It was like took every effort to look at this paragraph and read one word, like so intentionally, and even in, by the end of the sentence, forgetting what the beginning of the sentence said. And so I'd have to read it again
0: mm.
1: over and over exhausting, in order to get what the, the book, the paragraph or sentence was trying to portray, but also realizing now that still happens to me. Yeah. But one, the Ritalin helps, but two, I now know why. Right. And so now I was like, okay, I need to stop. Yes. I don't just need to f- push my way through this. I need a break. I need a break. Yeah. My brain is tired. I'm hitting a wall because that's the way my brain works.
0: And I'm not unintelligent. Right.
1: And for 30 years, I thought I was yeah. just stupid.
0: Such an important reframe that yeah. you can now do. Um, how about the grief that has come with... Specifically, the ADHD and treating, yeah. getting treated for that.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of grief there because of the fact that I thought I was stupid for over thirty years. Um, I mean, goes back to elementary school. I was just reading. I was late reading, and I thought that was because I was not intelligent. Uh-huh. In elementary school, I was really good at math. But then I hit junior high, and it, Math was really challenging and it was for the rest of the time. And I just thought I was stupid. I, again, in high school, I'd be looking at a math problem. I'd go up to my teacher, have her explain it. And by the time I got back to my seat, I forgot how to do the problem. And I would just think, I'm so stupid. Like, why can't I remember what she just said 30 seconds ago? And that went on until to college, my friends we're getting like straight A's well, I'm studying twice as hard and getting B's and C's also yeah and like having to read stuff over and over um, not being able to remember stuff and just really just feeling like okay I'm just stupid and I just have to work hard
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I just worked so hard and everything was just so hard academically. I never thought I'd go to college because I just figured I wasn't intelligent enough. <laughs> then I, then yeah. I never thought I'd go to grad school because obviously I'm not intelligent enough. And I remember in grad school, like just learning ways of of learning. But looking back, like what if I had ridden through Yeah. through all of that.
0: And the information
1: about ADHD. And and the uh, information. That, that, yeah. Would have been... The language... The medicine to help. So there's a lot of grief of self hatred. Yeah. Self loathing. What could I accomplish? Like I would have never done a podcast because I just figured I was not intelligent. Mm-hmm. So I had nothing to offer. Mm-hmm. And now I understand that it's not that. I'm just struggling. Yeah. And so and it's not like I wasn't smart now then and I am more smart now. It's just now I I don't have the Mm self-loathing that keeps me back from doing stuff.
0: Right, which so many people, that's such a big part of why they don't, even if they aren't as intelligent, like you are actually super intelligent. And most people with ADHD end up being really bright and insightful and intelligent, but even like intelligence not being, you know the most important thing right. everyone has input and value and without the self-loathing piece right they'll actually believe it and put themselves out there and whatever their skill set and whatever their passion is Exactly. Um, and so really you were this like ball of giftedness and amazingness and yet because of that cloak of um, self-loathing and disdain you You're absolutely right. You were held back for so long in so many ways. And seeing that, like, come off you bit by bit and just dissolve away into where it belongs is amazing to watch.
1: It's amazing to experience. And that's, like, the grief, again, of life is more enjoyable having this language.
0: So much more enjoyable.
1: Because... I don't have that self-hatred and I have, because I have a language, I can come up with tools to deal with what my experience and I don't have the shame of, of lies. Yeah. And.
0: They don't dictate your life anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. So we have just covered a lot of information and I just want to repeat that this is our story, this is our experience. Um, Don't make choices based on our experience. If you are, feel like you're struggling with ADHD or anxiety, depression, or other mental health issues, I encourage you to talk to your doctor or psychiatrist and process it with them. See if there's options. We're just sharing our experience, Mm -hmm. what we've done to help and it's not going to help everybody. These are suggestions, um, things to try and just information to feed into your experience. And so to to wrap it up, we would just like to talk a little bit about some practical ways. Like we've talked about them and we interweaved them throughout our story today, but we're going to try to break them down for you. To make it more understandable and obvious so babe yeah what are some things that you've seen what are some things that you've changed or some intentional things that you've done that you've seen that have been helpful for yourself and for us
0: yeah i mean i think this whole time we've been talking about awareness and acceptance and that that's really the beginning of of all of this Mm -hmm. because if you're not aware um you can't address anything that you don't see. Right. So that's the kind of the foundation of it all. But practically, um, with that awareness and acceptance, I feel like moving forward, I learned some things that were really helpful for you is to not change our plans um, at last minute. That was really helpful. From anxiety. Mm -hmm. To give you preparation like, hey, um, we're going to go out tomorrow night, I just want to let you know the plans, like give you as much prep as possible so that you didn't feel caught off guard in that panicky feeling, give you time to prepare. Also in the house, like having set roles of what we do has been super helpful because when we got married, it was kind of like, let's just both be intuitive and do everything that needs to get done together and it will all work out. But that doesn't work so well right. with our um, with, with my for us. Brain,
1: My brain wiring.
0: Yeah, I think it was just easy for you to not see things like I would. Yeah. Like, oh, that needs to get done. You would just gloss right past it because your mind is on a million things, and mm-hmm. your and brain engine is going a million miles a minute. Yeah. This is especially before you were medicated. So, so now, like, we have set roles, and it's amazing to just you know what. Um, are the things that you need to do in our house? And I know the things that I do. And then there's some things that we do together, but for the most part, those set roles have helped that tension and that angst between us with keeping a like clean, organized house. Right.
1: I'm not expected to see things that my brain's glossing over. Yeah.
0: Or Or read my mind.
1: Or read your mind. (laughs) Um, which neither one of them I'm very good at. (laughs) No. (laughs) And so there's... Some practical, understandable ways of, uh, I'm not going to forget it. Yeah. Or
0: It needs to be done daily. So it's something that your mind will remember. Right. Garbage, dishes, things like that that mm-hmm. daily need to happen.
1: Yeah. And something I've noticed that you've been able to do as we've had these conversations and had this language and this journey is that compassion of, I'm pretty sure I told him to take care of this. And he didn't he must just not care yeah but it's like okay this might be some adhd going on like because adhd brains they forget yeah. very quickly yeah
0: very quickly and not assuming the worst assuming the best yeah. in you giving you that benefit of the doubt whereas before i would be more i would read into it more mm-hmm. and then that would inevitably create a fight that was totally unnecessary
1: you were offended that I didn't care and I became defensive right. because you're now attacking me. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just that compassion and understanding of the benefit of doubt. Yeah. Positive regard. Mm-hmm. And also, I've seen something that you've been able to do is more on the depression anxiety side. Because mm-hmm. we've talked, and depression anxiety is very intimidating and scary for you. Yeah. But I struggle with that.
0: Yeah. Particularly well both yeah but uh depression those depression seasons were really well, have been really challenging disengage yeah
1: Those are very triggering yeah triggering attachment
0: mm-hmm.
1: um triggering seasons of my addiction mm-hmm. um so how has that what have you done to help yourself with that
0: i think so much of uh you know how they always say relationships are two-sided blah 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 I think the most important part behind that is each knowing you have a story and being aware and exploring your story and understanding how it impacts you and your attachment style and your particular triggers and wounds because of your story. And so for me, doing my own work has been massive because it's created less of a codependency um, I think it's a fine line. Like when you're in a marriage, you are interdependent with that person. Yeah. And that line between interdependent and codependent is not crystal clear. Yeah. However, earlier in our marriage, I felt the realities of that codependency of, if you're not okay, I cannot physiologically be okay. Yeah. Um, and so as I've I've grown and matured and uh
1: healed healed
0: a lot of painful parts of my story and understood my attachment i feel like it's been transformative for me to be able to remain regulated and okay even when you're not even when you're having a bad day a bad week a bad month i can love you without uh that insecurity of um i want to reach out but he's not gonna You know reach me back the way that i need and and i'm i'm afraid and basically the word insecure just shows it paints it all like the foundation is shaky and you can't be um you can't be firm and the foundation of who you are and regulated to be a happy healthy person when you are codependent with someone and um haven't done your story work and so for me i felt a lot of relief and Being able to um, let you struggle and let you not be okay, just as you let me not be okay in the seasons and the weeks that I'm not okay. Physically. um, Or emotionally. Uh, There's been a lot of that too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And not um, yielding to that strong pull. It used to be stronger, but that strong pull to kind of just like, uh, dissolve into the hardness with you mm-hmm. and lose myself. Right.
1: Yeah. And in that, you're able to, like you were saying, support me and allow me to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you will take some of that shame off yeah. and that white knuckling of, I have to be okay. Yeah. I can't feel these things. I can't be broken. You're not saying it's okay to like, disassociate and disengage but you're saying it's okay to not be okay yeah I'm still here for you I still love you if you don't want to talk right now that's okay I'm Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. if you don't want to go out tonight that's (laughs) okay I'm here and that's been such a beautiful way of loving me in my story and communicating to me that um, it's okay to not be okay
0: yeah and I think that When you um, don't have a healthy attachment style, there's a need to control to create safety for yourself and to have compassion for yourself in that need, but to also realize your control can be harmful. Mm -hmm. And I think that my need to control has hurt you as you've struggled. And realizing as I release control of of it's not going to be perfect, it's not gonna be what I want. He's not gonna be able to be engaged in parenting this week the way I would love him to be because of how he feels, or we're not gonna have the emotional connection that we usually have because uh, he's struggling or because I'm struggling. To just let that go and like have more human, realistic expectations. I I always felt like if I was to do that, I would lose everything. Mm. Like if I was to let the grip uh, loosen, then everything would go to the crapper. Yeah. But what I found is as I've released control of things that are really important to me, that make me feel safe, that I feel like I need, as I've let grace and compassion just wash over those areas and loosen my grip, wow. Yeah. It's so much better than I thought it could ever be. And in that space of no, you know, no, tight gripping control, connection, and intimacy can flourish. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for that.
1: I am too. I'm thankful that we've had this language and have had all these conversations and God's been faithful to walk us through that.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Well, guys, that is our episode for this week. Thank you for your patience again. We're trying to find a way of a schedule as we get back settled into Thailand. And just encourage you, look at your story, do the work, your story matters, and doing the work makes a difference. Sure does. We'll talk to you again soon. While it is a joy to provide our podcast content as a source of life enrichment, please note that information shared is not intended to replace or contradict any professional therapy or medical advice.